Can we just open in in a word of prayer? Father, we just thank you this morning for our dear brother, Randy. We love him so much. We miss him. We wish he could be bringing the message and the song. But we know, Lord, his heart was in it to do it. And you will give him credit for that. You will reward him for that. And we look forward to hearing him next time, Lord. And we pray for all those who are sick, including our dear brother Bill and Jeff and the Sappho's and just all the families that are missing. May you heal them and raise them up and bring them back, Lord. And now we pray that you'll quiet our hearts before you. We pray that you will speak to us through the word of God. And we pray that your voice would be heard, not mine, and that you will hide me behind the cross. We just ask now your richest blessing in Jesus' precious name. Amen. This story that we're going to look at today from the Word of God, this section of Scripture I've been thinking about for quite a while. And the Lord's, He put it on my heart again recently, and I was going to give it in November, but I wasn't on the schedule for November. And I was saying, well, maybe this will be for another time. And then I got a call from Adel yesterday. He says, Randy is still not feeling good. He's still coughing. He's not feeling good. He said, be ready. So I was on call. So I prepared the whole message and then I was waiting to know if I was going to do it or not. And Adel called last night. Uh, Shelley actually says, Dean, you're on for tomorrow. I said, OK. So the Lord has his ways. He knows. He knows what we need to, to hear. And so I'm thankful. And what I was thinking about is this whole subject of Thanksgiving. We're in the Thanksgiving season right now. We're going to have a day of Thanksgiving that we celebrate nationally across the country. People sit down and they give thanks. And when God has blessed us so much, how can we not be thankful to him? Not just one day a year, but throughout our lives, every day we should be thankful. We should be rejoicing and counting our blessings. And I think when we look back at life, there's going to be times where we're going to regret we didn't do certain things. And we're going to regret it. And we don't want to have a list of regrets, do we? And so I was thinking of the top Ten things that we may regret when we get to the end of the journey. We've finished the course. We've kept the faith. We've gone through life and we're going into the presence of the Lord and standing before the judgment seat of Christ. And he is rewarding us for that which we've done for him. May it not be true, but there are certain things we want to make sure that we don't have regrets about. And I made a top ten list. These are true for me. Maybe they're true for you. Maybe there's other ones that are true for you, too. But number 10 is, I wish I had been more transparent. I wish I had been more sincere so people would see the real person here. Number nine, I wish I'd been more courageous in sharing the gospel of Christ. I wish I had more courage. Number eight, I wish I'd been more diligent in my walk, more diligent in what I need to do. Number seven, I wish I'd been more humble. I wish I'd been more humble before the Lord and before others. Number six, and this is an important one too, I wish I'd been more content. We don't want to get to the end of our life and say, Lord, I wasn't content with what I had and I complained. And No, we don't, we don't want that. We don't want that list of regrets. Number five, very, very critical and probably would be on all our top ten lists is, I wish I'd been more patient. Patient with others, patient with God's will, patient with ourselves as well. Number four, I wish I'd been more faithful, more faithful to the meetings, more faithful to the ministry, more faithful to the Lord in my daily walk, more faithful. 
Number three, and we're studying this in the scripture memory class. I wish I had been more obedient. I wish I'd obeyed the Lord in the little things as well as the bigger things in life. We talked about that a lot in our scripture memory class, even this morning. Now, number two and number one, you could probably flip around, but I'm going to call number two. I wish I had been more prayerful. I wish I'd prayed more. And I think if you ask any Christian in their life, if they had one regret at the end of their lives, of their Christian life, I wish I had prayed more. I wish I had spent more time in prayer for the pressing needs of others, of our own situations, of our country, and all the things that we need. And number one, and maybe like I say, you could switch these around two and one, but the number one thing that I think we would regret most when we get to the end of the journey is I wish I had been more thankful. I wish I'd been more thankful. We get busy. We all get gifts. We all get blessings. The Lord has given us so much. And yet how much in comparison to all those blessings do we return thanks to the Lord? You know, Thanksgiving is not just about being thankful at dinner time when you sit around the table and give thanks for the food. That's important and we should do it. But Thanksgiving should be about everything that we have, every blessing, everything. We should open our eyes in the morning and be thankful. We should close our eyes at night and be thankful for the day that he's given us. Thanksgiving should be a part of our life like breathing. It shouldn't be something you have to force yourself to be thankful. It should just flow from us. We should be thankful to what the Lord has given to us. So may the Lord help us to take this challenge today to say, Lord, I want to eliminate those regrets. I don't want to have them, especially the regret of thanksgiving. When you think about it, how much does it really cost you to be thankful? A little bit of time, a little bit of effort to be thankful to God. Yes, we should be thankful. The title of our message is today. Let us be more thankful. You know, we're thankful. All of us are thankful, but we need to be more thankful because the Lord has been so rich and so good to us that we should be thankful. And when you think of this, let us be more thankful, you can put it in, in, in an acronym like this. Let means it's a decision we must make to be more thankful. Us means me. It means you to be more thankful. Be is a state of being thankful every day. More means to increase and abound in thanksgiving, not just to be satisfied with a, a little bit of thanksgiving, but a lot of thanksgiving. And finally, to be thankful, it's a lifestyle of gratitude in everything we do, from our attitudes to our motives and our desire to our actions to appreciate what God has done for us. Thanksgiving never goes out of style. And today we're going to talk about a story from God's word in the gospel of Luke chapter 17. So we're going to put it on the board. Luke chapter 17, verses 11 through 19. Most of us, probably maybe all of us are familiar with this story. We've read it many times. It's blessed us. And it's the story of the 10 lepers, the story of the healing of the 10 lepers. And may God inspire us to be more thankful in our lives. And we're going to look at these, these ten lepers, and we're going to look at three things this morning. Three simple things. Number one, there were ten leprous men in need. Ten of them. Number two, 
Ten leprous men were cleansed and healed. All ten. And number three, only one leper who was healed returned to give thanks to the Lord. One out of ten. Ten percent. Sad, but may the Lord help us to fall in the, into, the ten, into that ten percent. To be those who are thankful for what the Lord has done. Let's read it together. Luke chapter 17, beginning at verse 11. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. Then as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men who were lepers, who stood afar off. And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. So when he saw them, He said to them, go show yourselves to the priests. And so it was as they went, they were cleansed. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. And he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? And he said to him, Arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. May God bless the reading of his word to our hearts today. You think you have it rough in life? You think you have health issues? You think you have job issues like I'm out of work right now? You think you have problems with finances or problems with the family or whatever it is? Nothing can compare to what these lepers had. Leprosy was an incurable disease. It was a painful disease. It was a disease that ate away the skin. And skin would start falling off and it would start distorting the people. And they had a terrible existence. They were considered unclean. They had to live outside the city, outside the camp. They couldn't come in contact even with their own families. Husbands couldn't be with wives. Wives couldn't be with husbands. They had to live outside the camp. They couldn't come in contact with anyone. They were outcasts. There was a stigma on being a leper. There was a shame to it. There was suffering to it. It was something that we don't really have anything to compare it with. And yet I remember back in the 80s, Adel and I used to work for IBM in San Francisco. And so many, especially gay men at that time, were coming down with this disease called AIDS. It was brand new. It had come. uh, It had started in Africa. It came over here and started spreading and people started dying. They got sick and they died so quickly. Now, we've come a long way. We've got drugs for it now. We've got different things. It's still there. But it was such a, a hopelessness at that time. People dying of it. And yet still, even with that, it couldn't compare to leprosy. Leprosy was far worse because it carried such a connotation to it that that AIDS could not even contain. But that's the closest thing I've ever seen in my lifetime to to being like like leprosy. But this is not a parable, folks. There are many parables where Jesus told heavenly stories and brought I mean, earthly stories and brought heavenly meaning to them. And it says the parable of and it was a parable. This is not a parable. This is real life. This is a real story of 10 real men who had leprosy. They had contracted it sometime in their life. 
And they were living outside the city. They were living out in the wilderness. They couldn't be around anybody. And they had just lost hope because physicians couldn't help them. The priests couldn't help them. Nobody could help them. They were at their wits end. There was nothing they could do. They knew that they had this sentence of death in their body. You could see it on them. It was inside them and on the outside. It was a horrible condition. And they had heard that Jesus of Nazareth could cure leprosy. They had heard stories that Jesus healed a leper. One leper came to Jesus and he says, if you're willing, you can make me clean. He says, I'm willing to be cleansed. And that leper was healed and he had healed several lepers like that. Well, now these 10 men who had been joined together and had this camaraderie as being lepers were coming to see Jesus. They, they knew that there was a way and this was maybe their last chance. Because Jesus was going to be passing through. He was on his way to Jerusalem. He was on his way to the cross. He, he had on his mind that he was going to suffer on that cross for you and for me. And yet, even in the midst of his greatest anguish of, in his humanity going to the cross, he still had time to heal people. He never turned anyone away, whether it was a leper or a demon-possessed person or somebody who was crippled or somebody who was sick, it didn't matter. Jesus stopped what he was doing and healed them. And we see in verses 11 to 13 that Jesus passed through this region of Samaria and Galilee and his desire was to see people saved. If you turn back to Luke chapter 9, verse 51, you can see the emotion that was going on with the Lord Jesus as he was going on that road to Jerusalem. And it says in verse 51, Luke 9:51. Now it came to pass when the time had come for him to be received uh, that he steadfastly set his face or in some version, he set his face as a flint to go to Jerusalem and sent messengers before his face. And as they went, they entered a village of the Samaritans to prepare for him. But they did not receive him because his face was set for Jerusalem for the journey to Jerusalem. And when his disciples, James and John, saw this, they said, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven and consume them just as Elijah did? Oh, they were they were on fire for the Lord. But the little did they know that wasn't the way that was not the way God wants us to do it. But he turned that is Jesus turned and rebuked them and said, you do not know what manner of spirit you are of. For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but to save them. And they went to another village. May God bless the reading of his word. Jesus didn't come to destroy people's lives. He came to save them. He didn't come to say, you're too sinful. You've done too many wrong things. You've blown it too many times. I'm going to cast you aside just like that. And no, no. He came to save you. He came to save me. He came to love us and he didn't stop until he died on that cross and then he rose again and he's in heaven today. And by us accepting Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we'll be with him forever and have eternal life. And just like these lepers, we have been contaminated by sin. That's why leprosy is a type of sin because it affected them on the inside. 
It showed on the outside. And that's the way sin does. It affects people on the inside and shows on the outside. There's a verse of scripture that says some men's sins go before them and others follow after. Some people hide their sin and only God knows it. And yet God knows it. He knows the heart. He knows what's in our hearts. He knows we've sinned against God and he wants to forgive us. He wants us to cleanse us like he cleansed these lepers. But we have to be willing to come and take that free gift of salvation that God's offered instead of saying, oh, I don't need that. We need it just like these lepers. They knew they needed it. You didn't have to convince them they needed healing and they needed it now. And Jesus was passing by. This might be their last chance. And I'm sure as Jesus was going that way, his his pace quickened on the way to Jerusalem. His heart probably pounded as he thought about the suffering that he was going to go through. His mind raced to Gethsemane and to Golgotha and the things that he would go through for you and I. And yet still, in all his agony, he stopped to help ten leprous men. Ten helpless, hopeless, desperate men who needed healing and needed forgiveness. Yes, it's no coincidence that Jesus came by on that road. It's no coincidence he was there that day to meet those 10 lepers and to save them. And we are so thankful because, as I mentioned, leprosy is one of the worst diseases. It was contagious, it was incurable, and it was unbearable. And yet Jesus came to free them and to save them. Yes, the Bible talks about sin in Romans chapter 3 and verse 23 where it says, All have sinned and come short of the glory of God. You know, my partner in the scripture memory class, I don't know if you know, but Wesley and I are partners in the scripture memory class. And so Jim asked him to pray and he said he wanted to share before. And it was so neat what he shared. He was saying that, you know, Jim, he said, Our sins are all the same in God's sight. Whether it's a white lie or it's adultery or any of these other sins. We put the labels on as human beings. That's what we do. But God sees us and we're all sinners. And we all need to be forgiven of our sins, to be cleansed from our sins. You can't just have a little bit of leprosy. If you do, what are you? You're a leper. You can't just have a little bit of sin because what happens? You're a sinner. One sin makes you a sinner. It's like if you take a a link of ten links in a chain and you break one link, what happens? The chain breaks. It's gone. And that's the way it is. If we break one of God's commandments, one of God's rules, one of God's teachings, we're guilty of breaking them all. And that's why Jesus had to die because we were sinners, we are sinners, and he died in our place. As the sinless, spotless Lamb of God, he took our place on that cross. He said, Sean, I'm going to take your sin. Alex, I'm going to take your sin. Sherry, I'm going to take your sin. I'm going to bear it in my own body. I'm going to feel your pain. I'm going to feel that suffering of being separated from God for all eternity. I'm going to bear that on the cross so that you can have the hope of eternal life. And here were these ten lepers. And they stood afar off, it says, because they knew from the scripture, they knew from the the teachings that they had, they couldn't go near a person. They had to cover their faces. They had to cover their mustache and their lips. And when they came near somebody, they had to let them know they were a leper and they had to say, unclean, unclean. Can you imagine if people had to do that nowadays? Sinners had to go down. You had to introduce yourself and you say, my name is Dean Allen and I'm unclean. I'm unclean. I'm a sinner. 
we wouldn't like that, would we? And these, these lepers, they had to suffer that stigma, that shame. They had to go through that. Wherever they were, they weren't just known for being a person. They were known as a leper. And it was a terrible scourge. Le- Leviticus chapter 13 and verses 45 and 46 explain what it was. It says, now the leper on whom the sore is, his clothes shall be torn and his head bare. And he shall cover his mustache and cry, unclean, unclean. He shall be unclean. All the days he has the sore, he shall be unclean. And he shall dwell alone. Dwelling shall be outside the camp. Now, when it says dwell alone, you could be out there with other lepers, but you were still alone. Your family wasn't there. Your friends weren't there. Your co-workers weren't there. Your neighbors weren't there. The people you love were not there. You were all alone out there. And it's just a perfect picture of a sinner because we're alone, we're outcasts, we're strangers from God, we're separated from Him because of our sin. And so Jesus came to die to bring us near to God, to shed His blood, to to forgive us and cleanse us. And so it's a perfect picture of the hope that we have through Jesus Christ. You know, leprosy exists today. They have a colony in different places that... Over in Hawaii, they have Molokai. My brother visited that. It's, there's a leper colony still there. And there are lepers still in the world today. It's not as prevalent as it was in the days of the New Testament and so forth, but it is still out there. And so these, these men, they tried everything and it didn't work. So they came to Jesus and they cried out, Jesus, Master, they called him, have mercy on us. They knew, number one, that Jesus was the Master, that he was God. That he was the Lord. He was not just an ordinary rabbi. He was not just an ordinary teacher. He was the son of God. He had the power of healing in his hand. That all he would have to do is touch them. Or as we see in the passage here, just speak a word and they'd be healed. And they asked for mercy. They knew they didn't deserve it. They knew they had this disease. And But Jesus is the great physician. And they cried out for mercy and he stopped. And he had compassion on these ten lepers. In verse 14, we see that these these leprous men were cleansed and healed. And you know, in the Old Testament, if you had leprosy, you had to go to the priest and the priest would pronounce you unclean. And he would say, Dean, you're, you're a leper. That would be a terrible diagnosis, wouldn't it? It didn't come from the physicians. It came from the priest. The priest told you, you are a leper. Horrible thing. And yet, if you were cured, if you were healed, and nobody was, except in the Old Testament, Naaman the leper, we know about him, he was healed. And a few other lepers in the Bible we know are cured. But otherwise, those people were not. It was a death sentence. And so when they went to the priest, if they did happen to get cured... They had to go to the priest, show themselves and say, see, I'm cured. And the priest would then pronounce them clean. You're clean. And so Jesus, he says this to them. Go show yourself to the priest. Why did he do that? Why didn't he just heal them and say, come on with me, follow me. We're going to Jerusalem. You can be with me at the last time. No, go to the priest, show yourself to the priest. So the priest will see that a miracle has been done. And not just one leper. But all ten of you, go show yourself to the priest one by one. Line up in front of him. Show him what I've done for you. And when we get saved, 
That's what we do when we share the gospel. That's what we do when we witness. That's what we do when we testify is we say, I was a sinner. Now I've been saved. And a lot of times if people know how you were before you're saved and then they see the change in your life, it makes a big impact. I mean, the priest knew that these 10 lepers were were lepers. He knew it because he had pronounced them lepers. And now when they come back, what happened? What happened to you? Well, a man named Jesus of Nazareth, he spoke a word. He said, go show yourself to the priest. And we're here because he healed us. He cleansed us. No more will we have to go outside the camp. We can be back with our wives, back with our families, back with our co-workers, get my old job back and all these kinds of things. They were excited about it because they were cleansed. And it's a lesson of the grace and mercy of God shown to them and to us. And so these ten lepers were healed. They were healed. You know, it's interesting that Jesus didn't have to touch them, although he was willing to touch the leper because he did that before in other miracles with lepers. But here he just speaks the word and the leprosy is gone. Only God can do that. Only God can heal us where it's a permanent healing. That leprosy didn't return. It didn't come back. You know, sometimes you can have a condition. You can take some medication. The thing can go away and all of a sudden it comes back again. Cancer can do that. Other health diseases, you can think you got it licked, you got it solved, it's over with, it's done. I went to the Mayo Clinic, I had the best surgeons, the best doctors, I'm, I'm, I'm in remission. And then all of a sudden they tell you, sorry Dean, but it's come back. It's come back. But when Jesus saves you, when Jesus heals you, it doesn't come back. When he cleanses us from our sin, it's a, forever forgiven. You have eternal life. And that is a blessing. And he didn't just cure one or two or half a dozen. He cured all or half of them. He he cured them all, all ten. And you can imagine as they're going away and walking and maybe running to go to the priest. All of a sudden, it's gone. The leprosy. It's gone. They didn't have a mirror, but they could see it. And all ten said the same thing. It's gone. And so they said, let's go. My skin that was full of that leprosy, it was eating it away, is now like the babies behind. So smooth and so beautiful. Like never seen it before. And so they were off to the races. They were off to the priests. And all of a sudden, one leper said, no. No. There'll be time to tell my wife. There'll be time to tell my kids. There'll be time to tell my friends. There'll be time to get my old job back. There'll be time to celebrate and have a big party and have people over. There'll be time. But Jesus is on his way to Jerusalem. He's going there. I need to go back and thank him. And so one leper went back. The others were on their way to the priest. This leper turned around, 100% turned around, 180 degree And went back to Jesus. And I don't think he was walking slow. I think he was running. Because he said, I want to thank him for what he's done for me. I want to give God the glory for what he's done for me. We can't just take the gift of eternal life and say, oh yeah, I got eternal life. I've got eternal life. You can't just say, I've been forgiven of my sins. You have to say, I have been forgiven of all my sin. You can't just say, my name's written in heaven. 
I'm going to be there forever. No, my name is written in heaven and I'm going to be there forever. These should get us excited and thankful. And that's what this man was. And he wasn't quiet about it. Notice he returns back and he gives thanks with a very loud voice. Verse 15, and one of them, when he saw that he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God. I mean, you could hear his booming voice probably all the way down the road because he was giving praise and thanks to God. And not only that, not only did he want to just say it, he wanted to show it. Notice he falls down at Jesus' feet in verse 16 and he fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And then it says, and he was a Samaritan. Wow. This man was thankful. I mean, if you saw him prostate before the Lord Jesus Christ, down on his face, thanking him. It doesn't say it, but maybe he was even kissing his feet. I mean, like the woman who was saved of her sin and of her shame. And but this man was thankful and he was down and he was going to show it to the Savior. Amazing. What an amazing thing. And the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5.18, in everything... Give thanks for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus in everything. And then there's another scripture that says giving thanks always for all things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ. So we're thankful in all things and we're thankful for all things. And that's a blessing because we thank him for what he's done for us. But it's amazing how the Holy Spirit zeroes in on it. He says he was a Samaritan. Now, for those who don't know about that, the Samaritans were a mixed race. They had been in the Old Testament and they had intermarried. They were Jews who intermarried with the Gentiles. And so they, they had this, this race that was the Jews considered it contaminated. And the Jews hated the Samaritans. And the Samaritans hated the Jews because the Jews hated them. So there was this rift and they lived close to each other. Samaria and Galilee, he mentions it. They're right there together, and yet they didn't get along. They didn't get along. They didn't like each other. It's interesting. Nine of those lepers were Jews. One was a Samaritan. And it's interesting that some, the, the Jewish lepers didn't say, you can't be part of our group. You're a Samaritan. No, they said, well, you're a leper just like us. And you know, when we relate to each other like that, we're all sinners. We can't just say, you're, you're not a sinner I'm not a sinner. We are. We're all sinners. And we have that certain camaraderie as sinners. And when we get saved, we want to tell other sinners about how they can be forgiven of their sins also. So this man was a double outcast, a Samaritan and a leper. But it's interesting that the Lord Jesus asked a very probing question in verse 17. So Jesus answered and said, were there not ten cleansed? But where are the nine? You know, that must have been very painful when the Lord said that. Were there not ten? Were there not ten lepers cured of their incurable disease who had their skin falling off and their lives destroyed by this leprosy? Where are they? Why aren't they here to thank me? You know, it's sad today when the Lord looks down on our lives and he sees he's given us all these blessings and all these things he's done for us and all these great things. How few are thankful? How few people are thankful? And how, how seldom do we really give thanks to the Lord 
You know, it's really sad. The Lord wants us to be truly thankful. And he wants us to be thankful every day. And he says to this man, he says in verse, in verse 18, he says, Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? We were foreigners. We were separated from God. We were aliens. We weren't worthy of God's love and his grace and his forgiveness. But like the lepers, we have been cleansed of our sin if we've come to Jesus and accepted him. But you can't walk out the door and say, well, that message is not for me. I'm not a sinner. I don't need to be. Because if you do that, you're going to be like the leper that went home without le- with, with still being leprosy. We have to accept the free gift God has given us. And he said in verse 19, some of the most thrilling words to this man. He said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, here was a man who was double cursed. He was a leper and he was a Samaritan. Double cursed, right? But now he's double blessed because not only is he healed of his leprosy physically, but he's also forgiven of his sin. Notice how he says, go your way. Your faith has made you well. Now, not only is he saved physically, but he's spiritually saved. He's he's got eternal life. We're going to see him in heaven. We don't know what his name is, but he's going to come up to us. He might reach out his hand to shake hands with us or hug us in there. And he says, Alan, I'm the 10th leper. I'm the Samaritan leper. I'm the one that Jesus cured. And I went back to thank him. And, And if there were tears in heaven, that would be a tearful moment, wouldn't it? Wouldn't we be happy? How many people got saved as a result of his story? How many people became more thankful to the Lord because of him, that Samaritan leper? What a blessing. I found kind of a humorous, anecdotal type thing about these ten lepers. Why did nine of them not come back, right? Why did only one come back? Well, here's reason, maybe some of the reasons why. Number one, the first leper, he says, well, he says, I wanted to wait and see if the cure was real. I wanted to see if it was real or not. The second leper says, well, I would have come back, but I wanted to see if it was going to last. You know, like I said, is it going to going to come back again? I'm going to wait and see before I go back to thank Jesus. The third leper, maybe he said, well, I'll see Jesus later. See Jesus later. You never know if you're going to meet Jesus later. Today might be your last day to have a chance to meet Jesus. Number four, the fourth leper, maybe he said, well, I never really had leprosy after all. I mean, can you imagine that denial? But people are like that today. Maybe I'm really not a sinner. I'm not that bad. I do more good things than bad, right? I don't really have that spiritual sin, that leprosy of sin like that. Then the fifth fifth one maybe says, well, I'd have gotten better anyway. No, like Adam was saying, you're in that pit, right? You're not getting out. Only Jesus is going to get you out of that pit. You can't say I would get better on my own, take two aspirin and see me in the morning. No, it doesn't work. This kind of thing takes a touch of the master's hand. Another one would have said, well, he gave glory to the priests. Oh, yeah, I went to the priest and... Priest, you did a great job here and thanks for pronouncing me clean. No, Jesus did it. The priest didn't do it. All he's doing is confirming that you're you're healed of your leprosy. Another one said, oh, well, Jesus really didn't do anything. Sad, really sad. Another one might have said, well, any rabbi could have done it. 
Well, if any rabbi could have done it, why didn't you have one of those rabbis helped you before? They didn't help you before. How, would you, how are you saying they're going to help you now? Only Jesus can, can heal you. And another one may have said, well, I was, always, I was already much improved anyway. <laughs> right. Your leprosy is getting better, right? That's why you were out there on the side of the road and outside the city and things were bad. Getting better? No, not much improved. When Jesus heals you, you don't get just much improved. You get all better, completely better, immediately better, because he forgives us and gives us eternal life. You know, we go through some hard times. We go through some problems. And they're like mountains in front of our eyes. And they blind us sometimes to God's blessings. We shouldn't let it. If you're out of work, don't let that stop you from thanking God. If you're having a health issue, don't let that Stop you from praising and thanking God. If you have issues to do with finances, don't let that stop. You know, when we start praising God, he is blessing us so much. And we should just say, like the hymn writer says, thank you for being so good. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. He doesn't stop being good because circumstances for us are bad. Because he loves us and he's going to take us through them. And that's what's exciting to see. When God saves your soul and gives you eternal life and blesses your life, you're never the same again. Those lepers were never the same. And yet nine of them were cured only of their leprosy. Only the tenth one was cured of his spiritual leprosy as well as his physical leprosy. May the Lord help us today to be more thankful. Not just to be thankful, but to be more thankful, to abound in thanksgiving and to say, Lord, I'm not just going to wait till Thursday. The fourth Thursday in the month of November is traditionally Thanksgiving Day. We have a big feast. Great. We're thankful. We eat well, more than well, maybe too much sometimes. Enjoy the fountains, uh, the blessings of God. But through that, we should remember to be thankful on a daily basis for our salvation for the eternal life we have, forgiveness of our sins, all the things he's done for us, for our homes and our jobs and our cars and everything we have. Even if we, he takes something from us and we're missing it, it, there's some issue that we have. Look at all the other things that we have. We tend to, to focus our attention on the one little thing we don't have, the one little thing that's going a little bit wrong instead of seeing the big picture of all that God has given us. May the Lord help us to be thankful, to be more thankful, to be cleansed of our sins and to have eternal life. And as we go to prayer this morning, if there's anyone here that doesn't know the Lord Jesus Christ as your Savior, you, you realize today that you're a sinner and you realize that Jesus died on the cross for your sin and my sin. And you want to come to know Jesus and you want to experience that healing that goes beyond the outward and goes to the inner heart and gives you a new life like these lepers had. May the Lord encourage you to come up, talk to Brother Adel, talk to one of us. Now's the time to accept Christ. And for those who are believers this morning, help us to make the commitment that we will not have that regret of being too little thankful. But we want to say, Lord, I want to... Check that off the list right now. I don't want that to be a regret. I want to be thankful to you. Shall we just close in a word of prayer? Father, we're so thankful for what you've done for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. We had a, a spiritual problem worse than even leprosy. It was the leprosy of the heart. We were separated from you. Sinners, Lord. 
We couldn't come into the presence of a holy God. We had no hope of heaven, no hope of life. And we were on our way to hell and destruction. But we thank you, Lord Jesus, for dying on that cross in our place and give us the opportunity to be saved and be forgiven and have you in our lives. And so we pray that you will help us as believers this morning to be thankful and to be joyful and to say, Lord, thank you for what you've given us. And to say with the songwriter, thank you, Lord, for saving my soul. Thank you, Lord, for making me whole. Thank you, Lord, for giving to me thy great salvation so rich and free. And so we praise you in your wonderful and holy name, Lord Jesus. Amen.